Simply Financial with Christopher Calandra, Certified Financial Planner, is an innovative, comprehensive, informative, and cutting-edge podcast that discusses financial topics ranging from personal finance, economics, politics, and personal growth. Simply Financial will cover intriguing and thought-provoking questions so that the listener can simply increase their financial IQ. Welcome to the Simply Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. We are in Season 3. This is Episode 34. And today's discussion revolves around a presentation I've been doing a lot lately uh, on an individual level as well as on a group level because I've been uh, discussing and interacting with a lot of real estate investors recently. So today's show topic is Seven Wealth Building Rules for Real Estate Investors. As regular listeners know, I'm a certified financial planner. I've been working as a financial planner my entire career beginning in 1992, Uh, so it's the only thing I've ever done full-time. But along the way, I've also consistently been a real estate investor. It's part of the strategy for me personally to build wealth for my family, and my real estate holdings and projects complement my traditional investing in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, IRAs, 401ks, college funds, and the list goes on. So I bought my first real estate investment property when I was 23. I bought a condominium in New Haven, Connecticut. It had two bedrooms. I lived in one and I rented out the other one. After I got married, Joel joined me in the condo. We lived there a few years. Then we bought our first home, our starter home, if you will, and we rented out the condo. And along the way. I've had experience including new home construction, flipping homes, residential income properties, commercial income properties. I've had experience doing creative financing. Currently, I have a a small but solid portfolio that includes single-family homes, multi-family income-producing properties, and several commercial properties that are also income-producing oriented. And my seven wealth building rules for real estate investors is kind of my outline on how you could be successful because investing in real estate as part of a wealth building goal is wonderful, but it's not easy. So uh, in rapid succession, my seven rules are the importance of goal setting. Preparation is key. You need to develop a wealth building plan. You need a team. You need to track your progress. You need to utilize the power of diversification. And lastly, be careful with debt. So let's go through them and I'll give you some of my thoughts on each of them. To begin with, establish goals. I know this is a cliche. It's been around for a very long time, but it is enormously important. There are all kinds of studies and anecdotes and research that shows that you need to have goals, you need to write them down, they need to be quantifiable, so please write down your goals. And of course, most of these rules, let me just take a step back, most of these rules we're going to talk about, if not all of them, apply very specifically to real estate investors, but they also apply to pretty much anybody who wants to make smart decisions with money who want to win with money and are looking to build wealth 
there is tremendous crossover. So any endeavor you're looking to pursue, you should establish your goals, write them down. And I think for purposes of this discussion, I want you to consider this. You need to think not just in the long term. For example, somebody might say, I want to have 10, 15, 20 income producing properties. Uh, You need to think both short and long term, and I'll add a third category, midterm. You need to think along different time ranges as you are establishing your goals. So, for example, let's say you have not invested in real estate and you would like to invest in a real estate investment type of some sort. Uh, You might say that by the end of uh, the next calendar year, I want to acquire my first property. And by the end of three years, I want to reduce my debt on that property by 20%. And in the first five years after that purchase, I want to purchase a second property. And over the long term, let's say over the next 25 years, I would like to buy a property every three years. Something like that. You need to establish goals, write them down, think short term, think midterm, think long term, while you are establishing your goals and looking towards your future. So that's number one, establish goals. As I said at the outset, I know it's a cliche, but it's really, really worth mentioning because it is important, really, really important. Number two, in terms of real estate investing, you need to prepare. That is absolutely key. You need to get educated. There is the adage that a fool will soon be separated from their money. And if you are the fool entering into the real estate investment market, you will get separated from your money. It is complex. It's very competitive. There's lots of things to know from taxes to markets to property types to dealing with agents, inspectors, tenants, the list goes on and on and on. So you need to be prepared, which means you need to get educated. You can't just watch an hour infomercial at two o'clock this morning and then decide you are going to quit your job and begin flipping houses. If only it was that easy. You need to get educated. That can take many, many different forms and you could combine a number of different ways to be educated. Uh, but there are great books and magazines that talk about real estate investing. The internet, of course, has a treasure trove of information. There are any number of sites that could help you increase your IQ when it comes to real estate investing. Uh, I'm a big podcast listener in addition to having my own Simply Financial podcast. Uh, there are numerous excellent podcasts that are helpful for new as well as experienced real estate investors. And beyond that, you can talk to other real estate investors. Most communities have local real estate investor groups. You should participate in those groups. You can talk to other real estate investors, uh, talk to real estate agents, uh, mortgage individuals, attorneys, You can get educated by just talking to people, networking, asking questions, and soaking up as much as you can. So you got to be prepared. That's key. You need to get educated. 
In other words, you need to do your homework. And this is not just before you do your first deal. There's always something to learn. I'm experienced, but I am certainly not at the point where I know everything and there's nothing that I cannot learn. In fact, this morning I had a meeting about one of my properties with a real estate agent and some potential tenants for a commercial property. And I learned a number of important things just in that meeting alone today. So you have to continue to become more educated and to continue to learn and you need to do your homework. Sometimes people will go out and say, I want to be a real estate investor and they go buy the first property. Hopefully you could see the folly in that. You need to do your homework. You need to put your time in. So preparation is key. I don't want to belabor the point, but it is a key one. Be prepared. So we talked about goals. We talked about preparation. Number three is develop a wealth building plan. If you want to build wealth and you want real estate investing to be part of that plan, that's great. I am in favor of it more often than not, but you need a plan. So some of the things that you want to consider are what you want to buy. How much do you want to buy? In other words, what price point are you pursuing? And have an end game. So there's an adage in real estate that you make your money at the buy. That might sound confusing at first because a lot of people think that you make the money when you sell. If I buy a property at X and over time I improve the property and the market cooperates and goes up and I sell it for Y, I make money at the sale. But the buy is the key part of when you are going to set yourself up for success. So you want to have an end game and you can often work backwards towards your wealth building plan. How are you going to finance the property? What type of properties do you want to buy? Are you going to do it on your own or are you going to have partners? Do you have cash to pay for the property or are you going to borrow through traditional means or are you going to borrow through alternative creative financing that is available in the real estate investing marketplace? You need to have a plan you're not going to end up wealthy accidentally. So you need to develop a wealth building plan. Part of what I do at Elliott Wealth Management Services and what my team helps our clients do is develop a wealth building plan. Now that does not for all people incorporate real estate investing, but for lots of people it does. A classic example is entrepreneurs, people that own small businesses, they often will own the building that their business is in. Oftentimes it's in a different entity. So they may have the ABC Corp is the business and then the property might be in the XYZ LLC. So it's pretty common for people to have a portion of their wealth in real estate investing. We will help people that want to incorporate that into their wealth building plan as a role of a certified financial planner, am I going to go and look for flip opportunities for my clients? No. But from a macro level, we want to work with clients to make sure they have a plan, increasing the chances that they make good decisions along the way and decreasing the chances that they 
make poor decisions or encounter pitfalls. It's not foolproof, of course, but my experience as a financial planner combined with my real estate investing experience, I think puts me in a wonderful position to be a good advocate for my clients. So number three is you need to develop a wealth building plan. Number four is often talked about, but worth mentioning. It's a key part of my success, and that is you need to build a team. You need to build your network. I think real estate investors, now this is a little biased, but I think real estate investors should have a certified financial planner that they are working with. There's a number of ways that you can contract with a financial advisor to help you, but I'm a big believer in having a certified financial planner on your team. Of course, this team is likely to include real estate agents, inspectors, one or more attorneys, tradesmen, lenders, and a key, key part of the team is a CPA. Having a very good accountant, especially an accountant that specializes and has a good understanding of real estate investments, is a super important piece of the puzzle as you build your team. Of course, you could have mentors, real estate investors that have been there, done that, that will look out for you. You could build your network through the real estate investment clubs that I mentioned before. There are communities on Facebook on and on other social media sites that you could tap into. But this is not an individual sport, if you will. You're going to need a team. I mentioned this morning I had a meeting at a commercial property with a real estate agent and uh, potential tenants, but I was there with my partner, John, and he is such a good partner when it comes to real estate. To be clear, he's not involved in Elliott Wealth Management Services. He's not a financial planner, uh, but he was great to have there because he's a builder, he's a construction guy, and his skill set is significantly different than mine. Believe me, you don't want me building anything for you. I am not a construction guy. Uh, But he's part of my team, and he's a really key part of my success. And that's an example of building your team. So next thing I wanted to talk about is tracking your progress. This is something that you may not have focused on before, And we talk to all of our clients about this, whether they're involved in real estate or not. But I think it's particularly important for real estate investors to track your progress. So let's talk about that. I believe you should have a net worth statement. So you should have somewhere, and we'll talk about the different formats for this, but a place where you are tracking your assets. How much do you have in the bank? How much is property one worth? How much is your home worth? How much is your business worth? How much is your 401k worth? Your IRA? You list all of your assets. And then also, you, in the next column, you keep track of your debts, money that's owed. It could be mortgage on your home, mortgage on one or more investment properties, car loan, student loan, personal loan, credit cards. You want to add up your debts. And you want to track your net worth, which is found by adding up your assets, coming up with a total, adding up your debts, coming up with a total. Then you subtract your debts from your assets, and that gives you your net worth. 
of course, if you're investing in real estate, can it be fun? Yes. Can it be fulfilling? Of course. But you're really doing this to build wealth by having equity in properties, by having the properties increase in value over time, and also by generating positive cash flow that you could use to invest and or live off of. But if you're not keeping track of your net worth, how do you know if you're winning? It's the key way to keep track of winning. And the only two levers we can really pull, and this is simple but effective, the only two levers we could pull is increase your assets and or decrease your debts. If I increase my assets, I'm going to drive my net worth higher. And if I decrease my debts, I am going to drive my net worth higher. I could go back over several years and I could see how my personal plan has unfolded as I've increased my assets and decreased my debts, driving my net worth forward. And that tells me if what I'm doing overall in my household, in my goal of becoming wealthier is working or not. So we have some powerful software that we work with our clients on. It's called Right Capital. And we keep track of client net worth statements increasingly in that system. Uh, but before I used that system on a personal level, I just did it on an Excel spreadsheet. In fact, I still have it. I'm a little old school at 48 years old. But you need your net worth statements. For properties, you should have a profit and loss statement. If you have one property, you should have a P&L for that property. You want to be able to look at that property and to see how it is performing as a standalone business, as a standalone investment. And so you could do that on paper and pen, Excel. Uh, in my household, we use QuickBooks. Uh, there's other software out there that you could use, but you want to have your P&L. So let's assume you have one property. You should be able to tell, is the property making money or not? What are the expenses? What are the rents? And be able to pull up this one-page report, profit and loss statement, that'll give you a very, very accurate depiction of what's going on with the property from a numbers perspective. If you have several properties, you should have a P&L for each property, in my opinion. And then you should also have a P&L for the properties as a group. If you only have a P&L for the properties at a group, it may mask some problems. For example, let's say you have three properties and two properties are performing wonderfully well, but one is problematic. If you only look at the group P&L, you may not notice that one of the properties is being subsidized by the strength of the other two properties. And you want to know that kind of thing. Now, if you only do individuals, especially as you build up a portfolio of properties, uh, you may not want to always look at two, three, four, five P&Ls. And at times you want to look at how the portfolio of properties itself is performing. So that's why you'd want to have a group P&L. If you're using something like QuickBooks, this is very, very easy. Uh, if you have questions, you could contact us here at Elliott Wealth Management. We could help you or point you in the right direction. I mentioned earlier, you have a team. Your CPA and the accounting firm you work with can help you typically with these types of things. So you should have a profit and loss statement. Lastly, under track your progress, you should have an income statement. 
I'm a big believer in multiple streams of income. I do that within the business here at Elliott Wealth Management. We want to be able to generate income from a variety of different sources by providing services to our clients. And me personally, I want to have multiple streams of income. I have my real estate. I have my investments. I have my business. My wife, Joelle, has some sideline hustles. So we have multiple streams of income. Not everybody has that. Not everybody wants that. It's not necessary to be successful financially. But for real estate investors, I want you to have an income statement. You should be tracking where your income comes from. So as an example, let's say you're employed and you have a job, you know, a nine to five kind of job, you'd want to have that on your income statement. And let's say you have two investment properties and they're generating income, you want to see what kind of income those properties are generating. Let's say you're getting alimony or uh, you're getting some income through a legal settlement, whatever. It could be any number of examples, but you want to see where your income is coming from. Lots of people invest in real estate with the idea that they could build up a passive amount of income, cash flow, from one or more properties. But how do you know if you're winning at that if you are not tracking it on your income statement? So the three primary documents I want you to pay attention to are the net worth statement, the profit and loss statement, and lastly, the income statement. You need to track your progress. Otherwise, how do you know if you're being successful? How do you know if you're winning? How do you know if you're getting better at things? And it's not to say that there are not ups and downs in any of these financials and these documents. I've been a real estate investor. There's years where properties struggle. You might have tenant issues. The market might decline. You may have to put money into properties. It's not always forward progress, but you do want forward progress over time. And the only way that you can do that is to track your progress. Keeping in mind, what I'm talking about is not hours upon hours of tracking and number crunching and inputting data. This could all be done quite easily, a few hours a month perhaps, maybe even less, but it'll be do wonders for your wealth building plan. So moving along, number five is be diversified. I'm a big believer in real estate, but I also think that you should work towards accumulating wealth in other areas. I'm a believer investing in stocks over the long term, whether it's individual stocks, mutual funds, exchange traded funds. Uh, we could cover that in another episode, but I believe in building wealth through investing in the stock market over the long term. And you could carry that out by using 401ks, IRAs, 529 plan college funds, uh, non-retirement brokerage accounts where you have a little more liquidity. Uh, there's a, a variety of ways that you could do that. I'm a firm believer in that. That's what I do at Elliott Wealth Management Services. That's one of our core competencies. It's what I've done personally and will continue to do. I don't want to have all my money in real estate. As terrific as real estate is and can be, it's not a silver bullet. It lacks liquidity. You might be dealing with tenants and that's not always easy. Uh, real estate markets can decline. They can be slow. They can cost you money in terms of improvements. There's just a lot that goes into it. I'm a firm believer in building wealth through a diversified strategy that could incorporate real estate investing. 
but it shouldn't be the only thing that you're using to drive your wealth forward. I think that is a major strategic mistake and it's fraught with too much danger, the type that I do not want to be a part of. You want to be diversified. I always have the mentality that I don't want to do anything to blow myself up. I don't want to ever put so much risk on the table where I could undo a lot of the good that was done previously through my hard work and smarts and moxie. I don't want to ever blow myself up. So keep that in mind. You don't want to take too much risk. Now a word about that. If you're listening to this and you're young and you're an upstart and you haven't done anything, you're probably going to need to take some risk because you can't do everything all at once. But for those of you that have had some experiences and have moved along, if you have net worth of X, all of X shouldn't be in one place. 80-90% I do not believe should be in any one place. You need to be diversified. This is a way to mitigate your risk so that if you have a setback, you're still in the game and you could come back without having to start from zero again. And I'll point out that there are other opportunities out there. Uh, you could build wealth through small business ownership. You could be, build wealth through investing in the stock market, especially over the long term. You could build wealth in real estate. There's lots and lots of ways that you could build wealth. So you want to take advantage of other opportunities, even if one of them is real estate investing. And that could be a major part of your wealth building plan. I have no problem with that, but it shouldn't be the only component. So be diversified. The last thing I wanted to talk about is be careful with debt. My views on this have evolved quite a bit over the years. Uh, many of you if you're a real estate investor, we'll be familiar with Robert Kiyosaki who wrote the very successful and well-followed book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big fan of his book. I've read many of the other books that his organization has put out, including Cashflow Quadrant, which I think is outstanding as well. As much as I'm a fan, though, I've come to believe that his attitude towards debt is a little lackadaisical for my taste. Uh, debt is dangerous. It provides you leverage. It could allow you to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do. There's a lot of good involved in real estate, but it's a dangerous tool. And it could bring about a situation where you take on too much debt and going back to number five, be diversified. I don't want to blow myself up. A way that a lot of people blow themselves up is taking on too much debt and then if and when trouble arrives, they can't overcome the servicing of the debt. So Robert Kiyosaki seems very carefree about debt. I wouldn't subscribe to that. I think you need to be more discriminating, more careful, more sensitive about debt. At the same time, I'll give you the other end of the spectrum. Dave Ramsey is one of the most popular money gurus out there. Uh, he has a very popular book, just like Robert Kiyosaki, and he is a no-debt person. He doesn't believe you should borrow money for anything. Actually, his natural tendency is that you wouldn't even borrow to get into your first home. 
He's a little soft on that, but he is a big believer in no debt. If you're a business owner, you don't expand your business by getting a credit line through the business. You just bootstrap it and cash flow it yourself. And he has one of the, I think it's the number three most popular podcast in the country. So Dave Ramsey is super successful. Ramsey Solutions, super successful. I think that on the opposite end of the Robert Kiyosaki spectrum is a little too strict. I've used debt and it's been in some instances, many instances, very worthwhile. I've also had other times when I've done debt and it's been regrettable. It's allowed me to make decisions that I shouldn't make decisions and it's been problematic when you encounter some trouble. So I'm a little bit in the middle of those two individuals. Granted, I'm not nearly as well known as either of them. Uh, So my counsel to people, my counsel to you is to be careful with debt. Don't get too overexcited. Don't overextend yourself too much because debt can wreck you in a hurry and interest cost will really sap cash flow in a very big way. So you want to be very careful about that. Again, very discriminating. On the flip side, do I think you should swear off debt and never borrow any money? No, I think that is too extreme as well. I think a dividing line, and even Robert Kiyosaki would buy into this, there is a difference between debt. Like I want to go on vacation, but I have no money, so I'm going to put it on the credit card and I'm going to pay 20% interest in perpetuity. That's dumb. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, Consumer debt. Should be really careful with car loans. Pay off your student loans. Uh, don't live above your means and carry credit card debt. You're not going to get wealthy doing things like that. It simply is not going to work. But then there is good debt. Robert Kiyosaki would call it good de- debt versus bad debt. Good debt would be debt that you use to acquire assets. I am in favor of that. Assets like buying a business, borrowing money to expand business perhaps borrowing money to acquire one or more properties. There are instances where debt is acceptable, but be careful. Please be careful. If you want more information about my thoughts, about Elliott Wealth Management, the team, and how we help our clients win with money, please go to our website, www.elliotwealth.com. There's lots of resources there, and I would point your attention to... A white paper that we have that talks about my seven wealth building rules for real estate investors. It's prominently displayed on the front page of the website or the main page of the website. I'll also draw your attention to Right Capital. We have a demo in there. If you're interested in how you can work with us and use our software to build some of your foundational financial documents like your net worth statement. Uh, We'd love to discuss that with you. If your client's already, you probably know about this stuff, but if you're hearing some of this for the first time, perhaps you're a new listener or maybe you've been listening but you're not a client of ours yet, we'd love to do an introductory, complimentary consultation with you. If you're local to one of our offices, we have three, one in Madison, Connecticut, one in Southington, Connecticut, that's the main office, and then one in Summerfield, Florida, we could meet you in person. But lots of our clients are not necessarily geographically right near our office. So we do a lot of meetings with clients and potential clients using a webinar system where we could share a screen 
we could do video and we can talk, we would love to do an introductory complimentary consultation with you if you're not a client of ours already. Um, still more at the website. You could sign up for our monthly mailing list. And like all podcasters, I need more listeners. So please, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. Thank you so much for listening to my discussion about the seven wealth building rules for real estate investors. I hope you found it worthwhile. I will be back with you on an upcoming episode of the Simply Financial Podcast very soon. Views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of Sage Point Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies, websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through Sage Point Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with Sage Point Financial. Simply Financial is part of the Exvadio Podcast Network. You can find Exvadio Podcasts at exvadio.com slash podcast, the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes Store, iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts. So join us and stay informed and entertained.